Pegasus Podcast, presented by Night Sports Now. UCF news, views, and a few hot takes. Now, here are your hosts, Bailey, bring back the black top court, Adams, and Christian, what a great idea. Hashtag bring back the black top, Simmons. Welcome back into the podcast, everyone. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and at Night Sports Now. Christian, we're back apart this week. We're on Zoom. I know. It's very sad. I'm okay. I'd be better if you were here. Oh, that's so nice. That's like the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I didn't even really mean it, but like, you know, I didn't, yeah, I mean, it fit nice. the moment. So that that's the most Christian thing that's ever happened is like me being like, oh, it was nice. And you're like, I didn't really mean it. And I was like, yeah, okay. That, well, that I'm, one of the, I'm one of those people where I like have the gut instinct where if I compliment someone, they go, oh, wow, that was really nice. My brain is like, take it back. Like, just take it back. <laughs> it meant too much to them. And you that need to voice, take it away that voice inside your head is just the worst. Yeah. That's the, that's the voice that you let win when you're like on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> i had a I, i've been trying to do better i've been trying to not get into as many twitter arguments and i haven't got i don't think well i probably forgot a couple i don't think i've been in a big one for a while now so I've la- i haven't talked i've laid off cincinnati i haven't tweeted at their fans in a while but that was less not want to get in a fight and just like it's just tiring so it's just exhausting anytime i see anybody from cincinnati tweet anything i just it's bad. I don't know what. Oh, it was about the. We'll get onto it in the news section. But it was about the stadium naming rights deal, and some Cincinnati fan chimed in, and was like making fun of it, and I was like, "Sorry, we're getting like twenty million dollars." Yeah, we'll definitely. So talk I was like, "What's the stadium?" But like, I know that's really funny. I, I like there. There's a big superiority thing because I did see some Cincinnati fans like, "We don't even need to name our stadium." I'm like, "Okay, like, like cool." Sorry, you. So you don't want more money? Like free money, man. <laughs> like, I, 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 we'll get into tweet of the week is going to involve the stadium, so we can get in that more. But I just like I'll get Good, into like I have things to say. I have things to say again about you. Oh, yeah. fan base. It's just it's ridiculous. Like Cincinnati fans. Like the thing is about like I tweet like. For all of my Twitter fights, whatever, I almost always keep it to like I have a stat or a fact or an opinion and I state it. And like I'll tweet something like a fact about UCF. And then like a, that like dude who literally runs the Cincinnati 247 account will quote tweet me and be like, You're stupid, Christian. And I'm like, Well, that's just not an argument. Like that's just, <laughs> I like, I don't know what to do with that. So I like having arguments on Twitter. I don't like when people just turn to insults. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's how I feel like that's how you know you, you've kind of gotten to them. Because they have nothing. They're just like, well, I don't have anything. It's like the equivalent. It's literally like, well, you're stupid. It's just like it turns into that. And that's when I lose interest. I like actually argue with people on Twitter, not um, yeah. not insulting each other. Well, I'll do that. Of, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. You know. Speaking of thoughts, stats, and opinions on things, um, today we're ranking UCF seasons in the 2021-22 athletic year. Um, for full disclosure, we're ranking eight of the teams. We're ranking Football, men's basketball, women's basketball, men's and women's soccer, softball, baseball, volleyball. Hopefully I didn't miss one. Yeah, we ranked 10 of them last year, but for some reason yeah. this year, Bailey vetoed including the tennis teams. So. Well, here's why. I'm going to turn this back around on our Pegasus podcast listeners because remember we've been on this for a long time now, how last year, around this time last year, we were I was doing the news section every week and that required me to do like my research every week on every single team, like even golf, track, all those teams. And so I was like, okay, you know, I was keeping up with them. And I guess, I don't know what was going on. But we just decided, sure, let's do the tennis teams. And when you asked me if we were doing the tennis teams this time, I said, I haven't been keeping up with them that much because it's just, I've been busy and I haven't had to do the news section because people don't care about the news section. So if you guys wanted to hear about the tennis teams, uh, this is your fault. Basically, yeah. it's been like months since we did the news section and Bailey's still really upset that that was. So we have, I don't, I've mentioned on the podcast before, way back in the day, the program we use, like I can see at what points people stop listening. Like I can't see individual people. It's not like, oh, like Bob stopped listening here, but it just shows a graph of like percent of the audience. And, and we, Bailey had the news section for a long time. And it was like every single week, like Bailey would be like, all right, let's go into the news. And then like at least half of you would ditch like immediately. And yeah, so this is all your fault. So Bailey got Bailey took that to heart. But I liked how when I misunderstood because you were like, oh, I've been keeping up with the tennis teams. And I was like, oh, he probably wants like a primer. So I told you each of them did. And you replied, good for them. And I was like, oh, wow, we're <laughs> well, really no, I just, I, the tennis teams. I didn't, feel, I didn't feel like I had enough to say. I didn't feel com- uh, comfortable and confident and like ranking their seasons since I didn't pay attention. Like just you telling me how they did. Like I'm glad that like one of them did well. One of them didn't, I guess is not good. But I was like, I don't. I don't know. Basically, what we're saying is the Pegasus podcast has never been less informed on UCF sports than it is currently. So we just that's yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, so, sure. it's about accurate. So we're just dropping. Sorry, Tennis. If you're here for UC, if like two of you were here for UCF tennis information, like I, I have bad news. It's well, this is, a little, okay, so this is the last thing I'll say before we actually get into our rankings. But remember, like I feel like early on in the podcast, like we wanted to do different sports. Like we didn't want just every week to go about football. But then we quickly realized that people don't care as much or don't care at all 
if it's not football. So that's why we so do so, so much So going way back into the day, stuff. back in 2017, when us and several other folks founded Night Sports Now, the idea that we founded it on was that we're going to cover all the UCF sports because at that time, especially there wasn't much coverage for anything that wasn't football. There wasn't even much basketball coverage. So we had, at one point we had a staff of like nine or 10 people. We had people at like all the games and that was the idea we founded on. And within like a month of that, it was like, Oh, people don't care about stuff that isn't football. And we were like doing all this coverage and going to games and like, we would legitimately put up like a women's soccer game story and it would get like 10, 10 clicks. Like it was and there would just all like be like, it would be like my parents and like maybe my uncle or something. Yeah. And then half of them would be like relatives. And that was actually like that. We had a discussion at that point. We were like, are we going to build this? Like, because if we could get with like enough relatives of players, like we could build it. And I'm just like, what are we doing at that point? That's so inside ballparks. Then we turned into just a football site. And yeah. then the exact same thing happened to Pegasus podcast. So basically we've just learned our lesson. You guys don't care about things that aren't football. And it makes me sad. But anyway, here's a podcast where we're going to almost entirely not talk about football. <laughs> so here we go. Oh, it's, it's a good it's a good one. If you don't really pay attention to UCF sports other than football throughout the year, this is a good one to listen to because you'll get an idea of how everything went. And if you don't care, I don't care. We'll don't see you next week. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. We'll be back <laughs> talking about football next week. Um, but will we're we? going to start. Oh, yeah, we will. I think so. Yeah. We're going to start will. somehow in the, in the middle of June. We'll be finding something to talk about uh, with college football. But. We'll start at the bottom. Last year, we started at the top. We discussed this. And we're like, why did we go from one to 10 last year instead of 10 to one? We're going down from eight. Did to we one. explicitly say what we're doing at any point? I think so. Yeah, we're ranking, okay. the, we're right, ranking yeah, okay. the seasons. Yeah, of, of those eight that I mentioned. Yeah, okay. Um, cool. So we'll start with number eight. And would you like to go first and do the honors? No, you would not like to? Sorry, I thought you were going to go. So I took a drink of water. And <laughs> Okay, yeah, I can go. Um, okay. Uh, so my eighth place team, sorry, the, uh, the, oops, whoops, sorry. <laughs> I, I changed my order and I forgot to actually fix it on my list. My worst place team was women's soccer. Yep. Yeah. I was wondering if we were going to differ. We might know, not, like, we might not differ at all. I actually felt like it was kind of straightforward this year, like through all the teams. I have a feeling we might, but I didn't think, I didn't think we were going to for eight. I wasn't sure, but you know, it's funny. I was looking at this and I was like, even the, like the worst of these eight seasons like they had some really good moments i mean women's soccer they beat miami texas and florida this and year. penn state and ole miss yeah and the miami texas florida stretch that was back to back to back games i mean they actually started really strong they just were really bad in conference honestly yeah, so was, they went eight so they went eight and seven and one this year yeah. going back the last two years they're 10 11 and two is it time to like worry about sahadak a little bit or am i just being like extra by thinking that i don't know that's two years I, in a row that are way below program standards. Yeah, but the program standards, I'd say, are what they are because of her. And so I don't know. I don't know if it's like one of those things where I don't know enough to like really say one way or the other. But anytime like I listen to her talk, like, I don't know, I guess she did. She sounded confident um, last year at the Charge on Tour about bouncing back in 2021, and they didn't. So yeah. I was about to say that she, like last week, she sounded pretty confident that they're going to be pretty good. Um so I don't know. I don't know if there's if anything you, to take from that. But if they have another sub 500 year this season, at that point, do you in, like, in the conference? Do you mean overall? Overall, because you also got to keep in mind they're moving to a tougher conference. They are, year. yeah. And like this is like the worst possible but, time to be not doing well as a program. But do you? Mm, it's a weird thing because do you want to go into the Big 12 with a new coach or one that's been here for? How, she's been here for almost a decade now, right? Yeah, it's been a long time. I mean, yeah. I don't think like say that they have like a very similar record next year. Like they're right around 500. I don't think her job would be in danger, but I certainly think that would set the plate for if there's a really bad start in the Big 12 that she might be gone. And yeah. honestly, like this is foreign territory for me to be like talking about Sahedak as someone who could be fired. <laughs> like that seems ridiculous. And yeah, maybe we are being ridiculous. But I don't know when you look at the record the last two years, it's just like that's a program that's had really high standards. And I know you say, well, she set those standards, but it's like, yeah, well, it's like O'Leary set the standards for what UCF football was going to be in when he didn't perform to his standards. He was gone. I mean, that's the name of the game. It was, it was so weird. And we'll talk about another team that had kind of just a weird season coming up, but it's just, yeah, you to mention those big wins, but then, you know, they lose to South Florida, which is another game you don't ever want to lose. And they lost in the first round of the AAC tournament. But if you look like up and down the roster and you look I, I, for all of these teams, like doing my research, I like picked out or like went and looked back at like the AAC, like, awards and like who made and if you look at like they had the they had the conference mid, mid, yeah, midfielder of the year and the goal, goalkeeper of the year and then they had three people three girls on the first three women on the first uh for the first team all aac and then one uh, unanimous selection to the all rookie team 
Doesn't that so make it like, worse and not better though? Yeah, it's just no, yeah, it's just, it's just it's what I'm saying. It's a weird season because they had like, and I don't know, it just things did fall apart in conference play, which isn't typical of UCF. I don't think because I know they, they always front load the schedule with a lot of really good non-conference opponents. No, beating a bunch of Power Five teams out of conference and then going under 500 in the AAC is weird. And maybe yeah. we're missing maybe we're missing something here because like like listen like we were not actively following the season. I mean, I was keeping up with scores at the time, and that was more or less it. What I've discovered is that we just need more Eric Lopez's. Like we need one of those for all the UCF sports. Like because like we're talking about this with baseball because like we're having and we'll talk about them later, obviously. But we're having a conversation. I think through text where I was like, I just don't get what's wrong with baseball. And 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 we were like, now that Brian Murphy's gone, like who do we even ask? Like who's there to like explain to us what's wrong with UCF baseball? Yeah, I don't know. I would say like I, I would. We should both volunteer for a team. But that sounds like too much work. We ha- we so. do we do. It's the football team. That's what we're doing. Okay, but well, that's um, not the same thing. Well, a lot of people are, but I'd like yeah, to think I, mean, I know. I like to think I know that team better than plenty of people who cover it. But uh, yeah. you know, I definitely don't know it the most. There are some people. Hey, who know did you know that women's soccer UCF women's soccer won the team fair play award, which is like they had the the fewest yellow cards and red cards and fouls. Uh, I, I found the play? problem. They need to be more aggressive. <laughs> so say, they, they were the nicest team. They were, um, they so. were the, yeah. And not, where, not, where do nice teams finish? Last. Last. And that's why women's soccer is eighth. <laughs> our, uh... That's actually a really up. stupid award. Like, can I be honest? Like, I think, no, it is. Really it is. I read it and I was like, all right. You want to be perceived as, like, you don't want to be perceived as the nice team. Like, that, like that's like, horrible. I think to an extent, like, you don't want to be perceived as like you play dirty, but like also you want to play with some aggression. They should give out a trophy for the team that ranks the middle most in the conference because I feel like that's exactly where you that strikes the perfect balance. Yeah, like it's like they weren't aggressive to the point that it was costing them wins, but they also weren't just like nice and like stepping aside to being, why don't you go ahead and score the goal, please? I would never commit a foul. You have to be aggressive (laughs) in soccer. You do, especially like it's hard to not get carded in soccer. Like, honestly, like I don't know what they were doing. Well, there you go. We found the problem. I played one season of intramural soccer at UCF and I got a yellow card one time. I was really proud of it. I played one season of intramural soccer at UCF and I also got a yellow card, but it's because I didn't keep my feet planted during a throw in. So I don't know if that counts as like, I know I got, I went, I went in too hard on a tackle and got a yellow card. Wow. Yeah. We fun. had different, uh, we, we, I was not particularly successful at IM soccer. Oh, I mean, neither, neither was mainly because I'd never played soccer in my life before deciding yeah. to do that just because both my roommates were doing it, but you know what? We did. Okay. <laughs> we won most of our games. That's a lie. We didn't, but no, we lost every game. Uh, let's roll into number seven. Did you really lose every game? Yeah. We lost every game. Our team was horrible. All right, Bailey's IM team is ninth on our list of UCF. Uh, UCF yeah, my, team my IM, IM team from 2016. Yeah, well, they'll um, never be forgotten. <laughs> certainly won't by me. All uh, right, number seven on this team on this list. Yes. And so, it's, am I going now? I guess. All right, uh, I want men's soccer. That's also who I have. Okay. We really might and go through and have all the same teams. I nearly, I nearly had them eighth just because there was like those women's soccer had those big wins, but I feel like. Men's soccer also had oh, men's soccer. Had another, there was another one. That was one I was mentioning earlier that just had another weird year. They went nine and eight, six and four in the AAC and, you know, playing, playing everyone in the conference like twice or most everyone in the conference twice. They split with Tulsa who, when they beat them, I think they were number six. And then, well, in the regular season, they split with them. Tulsa got up to the number two. And then that was who UCF lost to in the conference tournament final, but they split with South Florida. They split with number 24 SMU. And it's just like, so they were getting some big wins, but they were also losing to these teams. It was just a strange, it was just strange, like down the stretch kind of thing. So when I made the list off the top of my head, I had them last and okay. it, and I had women's soccer seventh. And when I looked into it, I was like, this wasn't as bad of a season as I remember. Like, listen, nine, eight isn't great, but I feel like a part of that is just, they've like been on top of the conference for a few years now. So it just felt like a big step down, but they started one and three and they climbed their way back out. They had a decent conference record. They had a decent performance in the conference tournament. Like I just, I just, it, it, that was less to me. Like I'm systemically concerned and more just like, I just don't think that was their year. They just had some stuff not break their way. So yeah, they're yeah. still seventh on a list of eight teams for UCF, but I, I don't know. I'm not like freaked out about next year. By any yeah. Way. And that's one of those things where in the conference tournament final, they were up one nil on t- number two, Tulsa and ended up losing two one. Like you hate to see that game slip away, but you had that at halftime. Like, Obviously, yeah. things didn't go well in the second half, but it, it's a weird thing too because, like I mentioned, with the conference honors and conference awards, like women's soccer had the midfielder of the year and the goalkeeper of the year. Men's soccer, Tulsa dominated the awards for men's soccer. You know, men, uh, UCF had like some guys on or one guy on first team, four or five on the second team, and a couple on the rookie team. But it's just weird to see like individually there were some women's soccer players that had a better year, but I wouldn't say that the team as a whole had a better year. Yeah, that's kind of just where I'm at. And, you know, I, speaking of this, have you seen the 
what the lineup is for the AAC men's soccer league next year. No, is, is, Oh, are the, um, some of the new ones coming in? The new ones are in the old ones are still in. And then there's also FIU. Why? Cause I CUSA is dropping men's soccer. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. So I think, F, but like that, that, for some reason, that's just now. So it's going to be, it's like a really freaking big soccer league. So is UCF confirmed for the Sun Belt in 2023? Yes. Okay. I, I believe so. I believe so. This will so. be their last year in the AAC. Yeah, I'm not really worried going into next year. I know uh, Calabri said last week that they have like most of the roster turning over, but he still seemed like confident in their recruiting and who they've brought in. He seemed to but, think it was like a good thing. Like, yeah, he, he was, was like, he was oh. pretty. Uh, all right, I have the lineup if you want it for what yeah, go the ahead. men's soccer league is next year. So it's going to be UCF, obviously, UAB, Charlotte, FAU, FIU, Memphis, South Florida, SMU, Temple, and Tulsa. That's bizarre. That is a really weird loop. Like, I'm not going to know what's a conference game and what's a non-conference game. Like, I'm going to have to <laughs> remind myself of some of these. I, I wonder how they're going to structure that schedule. Because normally there aren't a ton of – I mean, you, you're playing teams – twice often well you got nine time, but... opposing teams now so i don't think yeah. you can get away with playing those twice so, so you'll probably play well, how many how many there was 10 conference games before so yeah what you're gonna play maybe you're the team closest to you twice like you ucf will play usf twice maybe maybe that you just do it by like right like if you have a set right like fau or... will play fiu twice yeah ucf will play usf imagine yeah and then everyone else is just kind of a straight up round robin i actually i love round robin schedules like i wish yeah. in all sports that was the thing so it actually sucks that the big 12 is losing that by adding us but um sucks for that yeah so i'm not worried about them i'm I'm not i mean and they're going to really good league so i'm not worried about men's soccer just a uncharacteristic sort of down year also of these eight of these eight teams of the eight main team sports at ucf only one of them had a losing record this year no none of them did because women's losing that's what that's what i meant the point i meant to make earlier is that even at number eight they were eight seven and one they had some big wins that's crazy that's really I mean, crazy. Yeah. If we added the says, tennises, there would have been a losing record, but it's fine. <laughs> we don't apparently don't include them. So, no, not this year. All right. Number six, it's you're up here. This is where I think we might differ. Took a drink of water again. Almost missed my cue, but here I am. <laughs> All right. I, it hurt me, but I have men's basketball. Really? Yes. I have baseball. Okay. So let's discuss this because I went back and forth, but I've decided that I'm is, right. Is baseball five for you? Baseball's fifth. Okay, women's basketball is fifth for me. So okay, so we just swap it. What's going on here? Where I'm about to have to defend Love Lady over Dawkins because of where we place these teams. I don't know. (laughs) know. So because we've been we've gone on the record, we said like multiple times how much I'm how big of a fan I am of Greg Love Lady. I know I'm not necessarily saying like it was a bad year for for baseball, and that's why I struggled with these two. I like flip flopped them twice. And I'm not really confident either way. So you'll I've probably like, you'll probably sway my opinion here, but let's go for it anyway. I've also been on the record that I'm not I'm by no means anti-Greg Lovelady, but I definitely believe in him less than most of the fan base. Um, yeah. So their records were almost identical by win percentage. I think uh, baseball is 59% and men's basketball is 60%. The two different the two things that made the main difference for me is that baseball had a ton of injuries this year. And I feel like we do have to acknowledge that this would have been a better year without all the injuries. I know that men's basketball had injuries too, but not to the extent that baseball had. And I also just, baseball just, I felt like at the end of the year, I mean, they came two wins away from winning their league, you know, and put up a really good fight in the AAC tournament. And men's basketball, they beat USF and then just got killed by Memphis. So when putting them side by side, I'm like, baseball has a better excuse for why they were the way they were and also put up a better fight at the end of the line than men's basketball did. So that was my reasoning. So where I kind of had to like tap back into my memory, which is not ever very good, um, was so men's basketball finished 18 and 12 and nine and nine in conference. Um, but kind of like similar to to some of these other teams we've talked about, they had some really big highs. Like they won at Miami, who ended up going to the sweet 16, right? Were they elite eight? Elite eight. Yeah, elite eight. They beat Michigan at home. They did beat Memphis once before Memphis became actual Memphis, Memphis again. Yep. Um, but down the and down the stretch, it seemed like they were starting to figure it out a little bit more. And that's where I kind of had to remember. Didn't like right when they started figuring it out, that's when they started seeing a bunch of guys get injured, like the last yeah. two or three games. So the, the killer to me was it was when Mayhan got hurt and it was that Tulane and Tulsa games. Yeah. That just both the Tulane game was a horrible loss than Tulsa on the last second heave. And that like that stretched to me. I just couldn't. That's why I originally had them at six. I was like, oh, they, they finished the season losing those games. And then, yeah, they beat South Florida, but whatever. And then I was like, well, with the injuries, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a similar defense as you used for baseball is like i think without some of those injuries maybe men's basketball they could have maybe won 20 games a season 
And they were just they yeah. were that close. I mean, 18 and 12. Yeah, but you can say the baseball could have won 40. Right. <laughs> there. Right. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think I don't know if I, I'd say like either one of us is right. Um, because I looked at baseball and like some of their their big wins, and it's different for baseball because you're usually playing series like they got a win over number two Ole Miss, but they lost two other ones to them. So like it's kind of like I guess evens out. I'm like they beat Miami once, but then they lost well, their Miami. seasons were honestly so, though, like these two seasons were super similar. Cause I mean, like baseball started 10 and three, including that win over Ole Miss, who was number two, I think, at the time. Yeah. And you know, looked really good at a conference for the most part. Conference play starts, injuries hit, they sort of fall apart. Men's basketball looks really good at a conference, gets some good wins. Conference play starts, they have some injuries, season kind of falls apart, and they both <laughs> finish with almost identical records. Um, That's why it was so hard to rank those. So, yeah, I guess you could just put those either way if you want. Yeah. You know, um, I, I should have really put just, men's basketball on top just to like, you know, because I think Dawkins is the better coach, but just to you know, serve your whatever. narrative, <laughs> just to serve my narrative. Yeah. That's why I almost did that with baseball. I was like, I, was like, oh, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what else. Like, I wouldn't. It's a weird thing, like going forward, too, is like, I wouldn't say like right now, I'm really, really worried about both of them. But like I'm on the verge of being worried about both of them. I'm gonna that say what sense. I told you via text a while ago, or like, and I don't agree with this, but I I I would bet like, I bet a th- I put a thousand dollars down right now that neither of them will be the coach at UCF two years from now. Two years be- from now. Two years from now, because I think both of them, whatever happens this year happens, but I feel like they're both primed to go into the Big Twelve and get beaten to shreds and give Mahajer the excuse he needs to move on. And Dawkins' buyout will be low enough by then to make it work. I don't know what Love Lady's buyout is, but he hasn't been extended in a while, so it shouldn't be high. And I just, Did I it, don't know. I feel like I if Mahajra wants to make those moves, he has the perfect window to do so after a year in the Big 12. I don't agree with either of them, but... Did Mahajra mm-hmm. extend Love Lady or no? I thought he did. Did he? When he did that, I wait. Thought, let me look it up. He, yeah, he, like, extended... That like would have been a surprising move. 12. That would have been a surprising but move. That's what, like, what you were just saying is, like, if they go into the Big 12, you said it gives Mahajra the the excuse to kind of fire him. Yeah. I mean, obviously you have to remember that he's not the one who hired them. So no, I'm totally wrong. Necessarily... Love lady signed an extension. So was, that yeah, one might was, be a little trickier. Was that one right after the big 12 ex- announcement? Cause I know a few coaches got extended once they made the announcement, they're going to the big 12. Yeah. He was one of those. That's a, like, I, I know there's a lot of love lady defenders out there and like, great, but that's a surprising move to me just because, you know, they have, they haven't had a legitimately good season under him since his first year. It's been so weird. We talk about this all the time, but like that's I think so. If you can, you can probably count this season as one of them, maybe not because of how bad the conference was, but they had those two years a couple of years ago, like back to back years where they were on the first four out of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's every year it's the same story. Like, it's like you flip like few wins three away results, from, you know. Yeah. Last really year really bothered really me weird. more than the others. And I talked about it at the time where it's just like to, to get to the point where you're one win away from a regional and you're not going to make it because that's how bad your season was. <laughs> like that, yeah. that really bothered me. But yeah, yeah I mean, but like I said, a similar thing this year, like for the fact that they were able to to get to that, because they, they they came and they lost the first game of conference tournament, putting them themselves in a hole that if they would have won that first game, I think they would have probably played for the conference tournament final. They weren't, but it's also like it's whatever because they weren't beating ECU anyway. I mean, yeah, they could have. It's it's this thing is with baseball. It's it's that it's just weird. ECU would have made it anyway. They would have made it regional anyway, but. If you if you get to that game and it's it's not double elimination once you get to the final, so which makes no sense have, to me, by the way. Yeah, I mean, but if you just have a better day, you win the conference tournament. Yeah, I don't know. I it's just one of those weird things. Like I so, said, it's just whatever. <laughs> like so I don't really know. But first... Every baseball season is the same thing. It's just kind of like yeah. it happened. It certainly was a season that occurred. It's weird because it's it's a similar thing with basketball. Like it's just lately, it's just been they're just they seem like they're right there, but like a few things went wrong, injuries, COVID, whatever. And, it's a really, yeah. really weird spot to be in. And it's strange that UCF has two major programs that are both kind of stuck there. Because I feel yeah. like it's not easy to get to the point where you're good enough to have a comfortable winning record every single season, but you're not going to be better than that. And that's yeah, why because like, Yeah, it's very weird. I don't know what to make of it. I really don't. But like I said, that's why I just feel like, because they're both going to go into the Big 12, like barring some dramatic changes to either of those programs, they're probably going to have rough first years in the Big 12, just, you know, I mean, like, I guess that like, if everything goes together perfectly for basketball, like if Darius Johnson continues to improve, if Hendricks is as good as people think, Mm -hmm. if CJ Walker's still on the team, which I don't think he will be, but I don't know how that, I feel like with COVID, anyone can just stay as long as they want now. So I don't know. But then again, with the transfer portal, anyone can leave at any time. So exactly. That's the thing. Like what, (laughs) like what, what, what will either of these teams even look like then with the transfer portal? We haven't even really seen a full portal for baseball yet. What's that? That's going to look like. I believe there are some UCF baseball port uh, baseball players in the portal now that the season's over. Oh, really? I didn't miss that completely. Yeah. 
So um, I, I hope I'm not I'm wrong, but I believe I saw that. But anyway, I'll have to look that up later. So who freaking knows? But I, I just if Mahadra really is determined to get his own guys in there, like he will 100% be able to after that first season if he wants to. So I kind of wonder if he is or isn't though, because I feel like he has so many so like, with the conference move, with all the fundraising and like where they need to get in terms of financials and stuff like that. I don't feel like his priority right now is to fire coaches who are actually having like posting winning records. Just not I being, like at the next level of. I don't I mean, know if Love he's, Lady he's, is in danger, yeah. be, mainly because I feel like John Uliana more or less is just the AD of UCF baseball. <laughs> so you'd really, I'm serious. So you'd really yeah, have to no, ask John I mean, Uliano if he's happy or not with Love Lady. Cause I don't, cause you know, they're not going to make a move that he's not. That's like the one UCF sport that is more or less booster controlled. Yeah. And, but Dawkins, I do wonder. I felt like this year, I don't know. Because I, he was not given an extension. And that felt incredibly notable given yeah. the wave of extensions for other coaches, including a coach like Lovely that had pretty much been, had been performing worse over the last few years than Dawkins had. That's so, why I just, I I just got really worried with the, all the noise too throughout the men's basketball season where everyone was just clamoring for Dawkins to get fired because you kind of get like subpar results combined with unrest within the fan base and maybe the AD kind of starts to think a little bit of like, all right, well, maybe – Maybe it's time to make a move. Or... Listen, there were rumblings towards the end of the season that I don't think we talked about that like that might have been a discussion. And I don't know how legitimate that is, but and I yeah, think I, that... what it largely came down to if what's to be believed is to be believed is a buyout and like not wanting to pay it given all the stuff UCF has to deal with. And frankly, if UCF had fired a basketball coach after going 18 and 12, that would have been like one of the dumbest things in program <laughs> history. I mean, that so who knows if there was any it's legitimacy like, to that, but yeah. It's like when the Bucks went nine and seven in 2008, fired John Gruden, and then like had a losing season every year until like 2017. It's just, and I know UCF fans like general, generally aren't very smart. And, uh, <laughs> and like think that every sport should be 30 and 0 every Man, year. But the like, person on Twitter that said something about you talking down to the fan base on like last week, they're not going to like that comment. I don't remember who it what? was. Oh, <laughs> I got a reply from someone on Twitter who was like, you know, not a good way to grow your podcast by insulting the fan base. I'm like, if you listen to our podcast, like that podcast like, was built. It's the foundation of our podcast. I feel like our podcast is largely like we've cultivated an audience of UCF fans who are sick of the stereotypical UCF fans. <laughs> and like, I, I love that. I do too. I, 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 it's like a community. I love our listeners. We have great talks we, on Twitter. We all um, help each other. But yeah, like, I don't know. Like I just, if you see if it actually fired a basketball coach for going 18 and 12, like I, I just, I think I looked it up and like on paper, it was like legitimately like the 11th best season in program history. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, how do you, yeah. but again, you go to the big 12 and UCF is like seven and 22 the first year, which I don't think they'll be that bad, but either way it's like, yeah, then Mahadra can do whatever. I don't wants. know. <laughs> I just think for like out of conference, you should be able to get enough wins. <laughs> you wouldn't be that bad, but you'd hope. All right. So let's recap. We're, we're four, we're four in here and we've got the final four. I feel like the top four are very clear. Like, I think that's our only difference. I would guess so. Yeah. And it really wasn't like we were both just kind of, if there would have been like a five a and five B and then jumped to seven, we would have baseball and men's basketball same. are the same season. So just do what you want with yeah. them. Like, so eight was women's soccer. Seven was men's soccer. For me, six was base baseball and five was men's basketball. And it was flipped for you. Um, men's basketball yep. at six baseball at five let's go on to four which i imagine is what everyone is here to really want to listen to football right yes yes that's what that's what everyone <laughs> I also said what everyone wants to hear about um yeah i mean it's it's there's a very clear top three so like it's just kind of like football this is where kind of where football falls you know what i mean like is it because it seemed like they had a clear i don't know where season. else you put football i mean yeah, football like, season clearly was clearly season yeah than the ones we talked about but they're like nowhere near the top three yeah, there was a the top three was like the three like historically fantastic yeah. UCF seasons, and then there was football, and then there were the ones that kind of disappointed. Like that was pretty much, which like I listen. If like a year ago, I'd been like you told me that UCF football is going to go nine and four, I would have been like very upset. But like it was just that I you can't overstate the injuries. I mean, when you actually look back on that season, it was like just on offense, it was. Do you remember that like as recently as like a month before kickoff, Isaiah Bowser was the third string running back. Yeah. And then UCF ended up like being so much in trouble because even he was hurt and Bentavius was gone and RJ Harvey was hurt and Jalen Robinson was hurt most of the year and Dylan Gabriel was hurt most of the year and <laughs> Tana Bethune was hurt for a time. So it was Ricky Barber. There, there were like three different defensive starters who you don't even know their names because they got hurt in preseason camp. Like, like Jarvis Ware, that, he was like a literally going to be really good. <laughs> is that why Big Cat Bryant was all AAC first team just because he stayed healthy the whole year? And they're Maybe. like, oh, let's, let's reward him for that. I mean, everyone was hurt at some point for UCF. Yeah. Kalia Davis was their best player on defense and was gone by early October. I, I just, it, it like. To, that will forever hurt me. 
is that like we got what was it the 2019 season but other than that like we never got to see Kalia Davis really really like turn into what he was going to be if he had been healthy he could have like I'm being dead serious he could have contended for like an early second round pick maybe even like a late first round if you they, I mean, they talk Mel Kuyper talked about that Mel Kuyper's often wrong but I don't think he's wrong about <laughs> that because it serves what I like but um <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah, the I most just... sports fan statement ever. I don't think he's wrong because it serves what I like. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean... seriously though. I mean, and, and like you look at the, like, I just, and it's even whatever the team would have been if everyone had been healthy because no team's ever fully healthy, but I was just so impressed by the coaching job of the, oh, and then Eric Gilliard, who wasn't like, didn't get an injury, but just left halfway through the season Yeah, for this coaching staff to put together a nine win team, a team that was the best in its state and knocked off Florida like that with this mess of talent where it wasn't even just the injuries it was you got to think about how depleted the team was from the transfer portal and the coaching change and all the recruiting misses under the previous staff it's like just like that team should not have won nine games there is no reason for it to have won nine games that's what i want to talk about that's what annoys me is that we get to the end of the season and the aac awards are oh who is the best team that's the coach of the year what gus malzahn did with ucs team in the state that was in versus what luke fickle did with that roster Gus Malzahn did a, had a, did a better coaching job. He, I I'm going like to argue he deserved that. coach of the year more. You don't agree? Here we go. I'm going to defend Cincinnati. No, because yeah, it was easier for Fickle to win because he had a way better roster, but Fickle still assembled, assembled that roster. I mean, he assembled a playoff team outside the power five. That's the first time it's ever happened. So he also got the benefit of the fact that COVID was a thing. Yeah, no, I mean, so, absolutely. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I had like a bunch just, of key players come back. who shouldn't have been I'm not saying he's, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm like not saying he didn't really like, he didn't deserve to have a good year. I just like, when I look at the coaching jobs themselves, like, what they did, like, I feel like what Gus Malzahn did warranted him being in that discussion. I don't feel like he really was. So my issue with college football in general is like, just because there are 130 teams, no one really ever knows anything. Like, I don't think that nationally, even like national media who are writing their little preseason pre whatever stories right now understand that like UCF's season was remarkably impressive. It's just like, oh, UCF went nine and four. Yeah, whatever. Like I just, and it, and like, I, I, there was a thing where ESPN today put up an article where it was ranking all 131 quarterback rooms and UCF was like 90th. And it's just like, you know, like I, I just, it, it's what buys me about college football is like, you're saying, oh, Gus didn't win a reward. It's like, I don't think anyone outside of Orlando realizes how impressive that was because no one actually knows anything. They're just like, oh, well, UCF went, UCF went eight and four. They were 10 and three, two years ago. That's bad for them. And it's like, well, that's why I feel like I'm just half being a team. annoyed about it. Yeah, I don't think he should have like one coach of the year or anything, but like, I, I mean, his, because let's also be real, like, as great as he did, he also like played a major role in the Navy loss. Yeah. Um, which that's what blows my mind is there, if Brandon Johnson doesn't fumble the ball, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to pick on Brandon Johnson because there were several moments in that game where UCF could have put it away, but that was with like a minute and a half left. UCF would have picked up the first down, the game would have been done. He catches the ball, it's the first down, they fumbles it. If he doesn't fumble that ball, UCF won 10 games this year. Even That's if, crazy for this kind of team. Like even if, if Gus doesn't put in Joey Gatewood right there. Yeah, that. Well, like I said, the the, game. there were three key moments. There was getting Mikey out of his rhythm with Joey Gatewood. There was the Brandon Johnson fumble, and there was Big Cat jumping offside on a fourth down. It, it, like yeah. the, it was an all. It's like everything had to go wrong in that game for UCF to lose. But that's the other thing is even like, and it wasn't ever like realistic or like was ever going to happen. But even like down to the last few weeks of the season, they had no no reason to be in this conversation. But like. They were still like things that could have happened that would have put them in the conference title picture. Like yeah, they were, they were still like scenarios it. pretty late yeah. into the year, which there was no reason that for them to do that. Like their their roster was destroyed. To win nine games with half a football team is crazy. I mean, and I think with hindsight, like it's, I think that we're so far removed from it now and going into another season, like it's easier to take like look at all the positives of it because there were like moments in the season that were frustrating. Oh, yeah. But I, I mean, so like throughout the season, I was kind of like, oh, what's going on? But like, even like most of those, you can just chalk up to like, they had guys that were playing that probably shouldn't have been playing or just wouldn't have been playing otherwise. But you had guys the- that were never supposed to be on the field who were right. basically starters. I mean, it was just, yeah, the, from that perspective. And like I said, it was the one game that's still like the most frustrating game of the year for me is still SMU because it just felt like UCF was getting in a rhythm and really putting things together. And then they came out and just got beat up on. And it's like- just... <laughs> I only I don't know I I just the Navy game to me is worse yeah but at the same time the Navy game like I'm not like the Joey Gatewood thing was stupid like there's no way around that but at the same time it was like that was coming off losing Dylan and you that was very much a game of like 
losing right. Dylan and Jalen. And it was just kind of like, we don't really though. know what our offense is right now. And they were That's just why it annoyed me more though. Cause, Cause Keen and the offense did enough. Like I feel like for the most part, but they scored like 27 points, 30 points in that game. Yeah. They scored 30. I, yeah. You know, what's funny is if they did that exact thing, but they put in Navarro instead of Gatewood, we might be have we might like be talking about what, how much genius it was. Cause really what it came down to and like, and I don't mean to like go after Gus a little bit here, but it was funny when he became UCF's coach, I was reading, I like intentionally read about all the types of things that Auburn fans had problems with him with. Cause I wanted to like sort out like what's legitimate and what's like, you know, just Auburn fans being Auburn fans. And one thing that a lot of them said in their message boards and everything was uh, from like years back was it's so frustrating how Gus just, he gets loyal to certain players and he can't get out of that. And I honestly, I kind of felt like we saw that with Gatewood this year because like literally by the end of the Navy game, even like I felt like we were all comfortable saying there is no reason for him to be in a football game again for UCF this season. And they just kept forcing it and forcing it. And then they finally switched to Navarro and it was working and great. And even with Navarro, Gus still tried to give Gatewood a chance at the goal line in the Gasparilla Bowl and, and, and Gatewood blew it. So like I, yeah. I did see that. And, you know, I know it's like, listen, I, if I could, pick between having a coach who's overly loyal to his players and having a coach who has no loyalty to his players i'll pick the loyal one but it's still like i feel like we saw a shade of that with the gatewood stuff do you do you remember i mean obviously you were at the navy game but do you remember the fact that ucf was outscored 17 to nothing in the fourth quarter yeah no i thought the game was over that's so annoying i thought the game was frustrating we lost 34 to 30 and mikey Keene's first game by the way if you want to know how well i handled that game after the game ended uh a Navy family in front turned around and told me and my friend that they, they, we were really respectful fans and not all the fans that come in there are. And just thank you for that. And thank you for a good game. And that made me feel really good. That made me feel really good. Cause I, that like you were also with me at the Louisville game. So, you know, that's not usually how I am at games, but um, you know, I didn't think you weren't bad at the, at the Louisville game. Were you? I was a little bad. I, you know, cause I, I like, I just don't really go to games as a fan. So like, that's it's kind of, it's kind of like when you have like, like a, a person that's not socialized, like they're just isolated from society and they're back. And like, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't really know how I'm supposed to act at these things. Like I, so I just go a little crazy, but yeah. Well, okay. Total tangent again, since we're on the topic of the, of the Navy and me talking about what a well-behaved fan I was, I like, if I had to pick a team to live for UCF to lose to, it would be Navy. Cause I love yeah. that fan base and that stadium and that town. So Annapolis is like one of my favorite places in the world. Like that is my saddest thing about going to the big 12 is that UCF's not going to play at Navy anymore. Cause that is always so much fun. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's problems. Like you said how great it was. And like, I do really want to go there one day, but now I just, I'm not going to have the chance to go see UCF play there, which really makes me sad. Oh, well, I guess, but like, I'll, I'll still have to make it there one day because I'm sure UCF will not miss Play, having to play an option team pretty much every yeah. year but like <laughs> awesome road trip we talk about so i'm doing i'm gonna i don't think i even told you this i'm writing an article for night sports now right now it's probably gonna go up late this week or next week about i'm ranking all of the big 12 destinations on like how fun they would be to visit okay i'm excited about that buddy no they're not good <laughs> it's not good I'm man i started to read what you have to say about all of them because it's not good i don't it's even know how good. you would go about ranking any of them I've been, well i've been looking at so like the main factors i looked at are um cost of traveling there like how much money you have to spend on hotels and stuff like that ability to travel there. Cause some of these places are literal, like you have to fly into oh. a city, then rent a car and drive an yeah. hour to get to this place. <laughs> and like, I don't, I don't foresee myself doing that ever. And, and then on like actual, like how cool is the city stuff to do there, all that. I learned that BYU is nowhere near Salt Lake city, which I didn't realize. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that, but I don't, I don't know. I always knew they were in Provo. I always knew they were in Provo, but I thought Provo was like kind of like a suburb of Salt Lake City, but it's an hour away from the Salt Lake City airport. So it's not like you can like stay in Salt Lake City and then go to the game, you know? That's not terrible though. It's not, but like in my mind, I thought it was like a half hour. Like you would kind of like, you kind of have to stay in Provo or Salt Lake City. You can't really like, you know, but either yeah. way. But but that being said, like I'm going to even miss places like Annapolis more because like I, I don't want to go to Stillwater. I don't want to go to Ames. <laughs> I don't want to go. I don't want to go to Lubbock. I don't want to go to these places. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. Um, <laughs> Houston seems cool, but we were already going there. So, yeah. And I've never been there before. So why go there now? They have this um, restaurant. I really want to try. I'm not going to go on. There's this restaurant right. in Houston. I've been obsessed with like for years. We'll have to, when, when this article comes out, maybe we'll, we'll do like a shorter segment. And we'll talk about it on the podcast. That's not a bad idea. We can do that. It's probably going to be, no, I want to hear. Yeah. Okay. Depending on how it's, because it's taking, it's taking a lot longer than I thought. Cause I'm getting too involved in these cities, but you know, interesting. All right. Number three on the list. I think you're up. Here. Are we going to have the same three here? I think I feel like we will. I think so. All right. My number three was volleyball. Yes. Okay. All right. I think we're good then. I think okay. we're going to. Okay. Probably. Yes. Volleyball is very good. <laughs> it's, it's easy because I think 
now that we're in so we're in today's june 1st as we're recording this which is crazy crazy but um it's like easy not easy but you can kind of forget about the fall a little bit like it just it was so long ago it feels like but volleyball went 27 and 7 19 and 1 in the aac it was their fourth straight aac championship they beat pepperdine pepperdine we established it was Pepperdine. I okay, thought it was we, Pepperdine, but it's Pepperdine. Okay, Pepperdine in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and then nearly, nearly, nearly took down UCLA in the second round. They lost three to two in that game. UCLA, uh, I believe, is like a power in volleyball. Yeah, way. they are. Yeah, they are. A lot of those Western teams are, but I just said I don't know anything about the West, and I guess that's the one thing I do know <laughs> about the West um, is their volleyball powerhouses. But, yeah, I mean, it was just a really good season. I mean, the fact, too, we talked about this the other day at the Charge On Tours, that McKenna Melville being able to come back because of the COVID year, that's that's ridiculous that's unfair like that is legitimately unfair you look at it and you're like yeah i understand like why it's the love but it probably shouldn't be because (laughs) i'm happy about it but yeah yeah, i'm not not gonna complain but it's just like i'm sorry to the rest of the the conference and the rest of the country because yeah she won aac player of the year again um amber olson was the aac setter of the year todd dagenet deservedly was the coach of the year um and they had looks like two four players on the first team uh, all aac two of them were unanimous and then another player on the second team. It's just it was a like a dominant season. Going into when they lost to UCLA, that snapped a 16 game win streak. They just didn't lose for like most of the season. Yeah. I mean they were very their, good. their dominance in the conference has just continued to be like it's just it's insane. Can you remind me if you know off the top of your head? Because I forgot from your article, what does volleyball look like in the Big 12? Is it a good league? Um, it is a pretty good league. If you like randomly like freestyle here for a few seconds i can try to pull up um, yeah i can do it because the reason i was thinking about it is like i just kicked a cup by the way if you heard a noise sorry about that start but um don't ask why there's a cup next to my foot i just you know (laughs) i put it down because my desk was cluttered but anyway i was asking about it because like volleyball is one of those teams where and this is going to sound so cocky and i'm gonna regret saying this in a couple years but like the aac is so stupid easy for that team that like i'm honestly like this is boring like they're so dominant it's boring i'd actually like to see them have to like compete a little bit versus just steamrolling everyone they play every year because it wasn't like that like just a few years ago because cincinnati was so good and i think temple like temple has a pretty good program but but they've both fallen off and now it's just like i mean we're like three years into it just being boring because they're so good (laughs) but is it uh it's one of those things where it's like do you does it really get boring though? Does winning get boring? It, okay. Man. So winning gets boring when you're playing nothing but bad teams. That's like, fair. you know, like I, winning's not boring when you're like playing good teams. That's fair. Wow. I'm really struggling to find this. Okay. I found it. Um, volleyball. So Baylor is very good. <laughs> Baylor's good in a lot of sports. They, really yeah, are. Yeah. Um, they made the final four in 2019 and the sweet 16 in 2020. Um, Texas tech, not very good. TCU's all right um iowa state's pretty good looks like you know cincinnati byu is very good also so i mean ucf will probably be in at least in the top half of that conference and maybe the top third or third pretty regularly it looks like i mean obviously things change but well that, that makes me excited yeah you know like it's Baylor, been baylor's four... the only one that i look at and i'm like they're very very good like iowa state went to three by the time i did this i was i didn't this was before the 2021 yeah. season ended so i don't have 2021 data i should probably go back and do some of that um but iowa state's like pretty good cincinnati has hasn't been good so good lately but it's really just byu and baylor are the two that are up there do you know what ucf volleyball's worst conference record is in the last four seasons 16 and 2 14 and 2 oh okay that's close it's their worst conference record and i think that was the year that they won the conference tournament when they were doing the conference tournament it's been weird with them how like yep they no longer have a conference tournament after they just installed it for like a year or two. I don't um, remember. Was Dajane happy or upset about that? I remember he had an opinion on it. <laughs> it's funny what the opinion I remember was. having an opinion too, and I just don't remember what it was either. I, I assume he, he would be, it. I assume he would be in favor of not having a tournament because they win the league every year. Right. I don't think he liked it because it was like, I think only four, four of the teams made it and you're narrowing down I mean, that's what they do in other sports. If you're narrowing down like a full season, like a, you're because you, in in volleyball, you're only getting one bid. Yeah. So I like, think that's what it came down bid. to is the AAC is such a weak league. It's just like, why are like we had this awesome season and you're going to, which listen, yeah. that's not like 
you know, that's the way sports work. Like you're supposed to play for something at the end of it. But yeah, yeah, I can see from UCS perspective why they've been in favor of it. Whatever. I'm just excited. The Big 12 is going to be like so much more fun for like all of the auxiliary sport. Auxiliary, is that like an offensive way to describe them? I'm not going to say auxiliary. All of the non-football sports. The Olympic sports. So it is. The Olympic sports, the, the yeah. Yeah, I, I just, because it, it, it's like the, the Big 12 has like established brands in all of those sports. And I, it's going to put UCF in position where, especially in some of these women's sports, UCF's already dominant to really become like, like softball gets softball in a second. Like I feel like softball can become like a legitimate national brand. And that's yeah. like, because they're going to be in the right conference for it. And that is like so exciting to me. You know, just like had this thought where it's it's a little bit different now since I live in Tampa, but like I still will come back and I did it a little bit last year. Like I'll come back for, and we'll go to a volleyball game together some on a Friday night. Yep. The idea of like coming back and going to a volleyball game against what, I don't know, against Baylor or against or like Iowa state, Texas, yeah, even like that, like that's more exciting to me than coming back, coming back for a game against Tulane or Tulsa yeah, or like ECU. Like it's just the idea, like there's the, some of the match part of it's fresh matchups in general, but well, that's what we run into just, in football too, is like the AAC has always been a much better football conference than it got credit for. But like the difference is like, I'm just tired of it. it. Well, it's not even that I know you are, but it's just like, there's it, with every group of five, league, even the best ones, you just have at least like four or five teams that are largely dead weight. Right. And, and, and the big 12 or in other power leagues, it's like every team is except like some are interesting to play. And there's just a way higher ratio. of This is an interesting team to play than you get. in the group. It's even worse. It's even worse when one of those like five dead weight teams always beats you. Well, that doesn't happen to UCF volleyball. No, volleyball. (laughs) Football. We're talking. I don't know what you're referring to. Anyway, all right, let's do number Number two. Number two, softball. You put softball at two? Did you not? No. Really? Yeah. Okay, so we did different. Let's talk about it. I thought softball was the obvious number one. That surprises me. Well, let's talk about it. And I, this was another one that I messed around with, like could have flipped either one pretty much, but yeah, I don't know. What, what was my differentiator here? I think it was the differentiator to me. And it was, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword because I looked at women's basketball and just how dominant they were. Like they had so many just insane games where they just killed everyone. And I, I guess that also points to the fact that they didn't play as difficult of a schedule, but yeah, I don't know. I guess that was part of it, but um it was for women's basketball. It was one of those. It was an unprecedented season where they, you know, went fourteen to one in the AAC. You know, didn't really have like they they just controlled and handled USF every time they played them, which isn't always what happens. Um, they won the conference regular season and the tournament. They won seventeen point first round win over Florida, and I think just the fact it was over Florida makes it a little bit sweeter. And then well, the game against UConn in the second round, number five UConn. Basically, it was a home game for UConn, which still annoys me. And annoys me the fact that UCF got sent up there and it annoyed Coach Abe they got sent up there again. But yeah, I mean that's that's just I don't know. And I look at it as a whole, it's it's very easy to put either one of these at number one. So I'm not gonna really argue either way. Um but well, let me just hear I'll why, argue it. Yeah, let me hear um, why you put softball number one. Well, obviously women's basketball like had an awesome, awesome year. I mean, these are the clear top two. I just thought that softball definitely differentiated itself. So women's basketball, obviously, they were dominant as hell all year. So was softball. I mean, softball, I also thought softball had some much better wins. I mean, they beat Georgia, they beat Virginia Tech. And frankly, what it came down to, too, was like, you talk about like, oh, women's basketball beat USF. Softball beat USF four times, including run ruling them for the AAC title. And at the end of the day, you look at softball, women's basketball, for their standards, it was an awesome season. They won the conference game for the first time ever. Then they played well with UConn. That's huge. But softball, it's more impressed me. They hosted a regional for the first time in program history. They won that regional, including having to beat Michigan twice and never losing to them. And they were one of the 16 final teams in the country. I mean, that's the equivalent of a sweet 16. I just, that was, I mean, frankly, the much more impressive year. I mean, both those years were insane. I know I kind of have to sound like I'm discrediting women's basketball. I mean, my point, I don't mean to, that season was absurd, but both those seasons were absurd. But for me, it's softball on the stage of their sport mattered a lot more and went a lot farther. That's certainly, yeah, that's certainly fair. I think one of the other things that differentiated, and it's probably a, it's a bad way of boiling it down and actually doesn't make sense when you look at it in the terms of softball, making it to the final 16. But if you're looking at like the first stage of each respective tournament or the respective tournaments, like softball won their regional, which was great, obviously. And then they went down and played a powerhouse in Oklahoma and just didn't compete for women's basketball. They won their first round game against Florida by 17. And then again, against the perennial powerhouse in UConn, it's a game that, I don't want to say they should have won, but they very well could have won. And so I feel like just that, that second stage of, of 
you end the season on, all right, yeah, you're playing one of the top teams in their house and you leave that game and you leave that season feeling like you could have, you could have moved on. You could have done that more. Whereas once UCF got to the super regionals, which was obviously massive, massive uh, accomplishment for the program. Once they got to play Oklahoma, it was kind of like, yeah, they're just, it's, this is it. So I don't know if that like makes sense as an argument, but that's kind of just what my thinking. Well, I get what you're going there for, but one Oklahoma, the Oklahoma softball dynasty makes UConn women's basketball look like lame. Like that's how those aren't really comparable. I know that like, you know, it's like, Oh, those are the two dynasties of the sport, but really, I mean, Oklahoma softball is ridiculous. It's like, you know, some people call it like the best dynasty in collegiate sports period. And at the same time, the other thing is you're referring to it as the second stage, but it's not set up the same way. Like that really wasn't the second stage for UCF softball. I mean, Women's basketball had to win one game against Florida, which is great, but softball hosted the regional against a Michigan team that's one of the historic powers of the sport and beat them twice. Also had to beat Villanova, who they just crushed. I mean, they had to win a group of games and they never lost in their own regional. That's so, why it's hard in some ways to compare it, I think, because yeah, like it, it doesn't, it isn't a perfect comparison at all. It was just, I think well, yeah, it was sports. the, yeah, it was just, I think it was the idea of, and also, I don't know, I, are they, are they really that much more of a dynasty than UConn is? Yes. Because they've won. So they won the, the national championship in 2000, 2013, 2016, 2017, and 2021. But I don't know what that has, how that compares to UConn. But the I feel like they're on the same. The issue with level. the Huskies is that, like, let's be real. UConn hasn't won a national title in women's basketball in seven years now. Like, I, I, like, I know that they're still yeah. the historic dynasty of that sport, but they've been way more beatable in recent years. And Oklahoma is still very much at the peak of being like, I mean, they were 53. What are they now? I think they're up to 55 and four and two, 54 or two or 55 and two. I mean, that's like, what the hell? Like, what do you, that's so just, stupid. They just beat AM 20 and 0 before going to the game. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I'm, UConn obviously is UConn, but it's just not the same, you know? So, that's like, so I'm not going to like ding UCF softball for not being competitive, you know? That's so dumb, though. What's dumb? That they were 54 and two. Yeah, I don't even know how that's possible. Like, like that in any sport, that shouldn't be allowed. That really shouldn't be possible. Yeah, I mean, because so when uh, UConn women's basketball finished thirty and six, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I, I had softball at one when I originally did this, and then I was like, I don't know if I'm, and I think I might have overcompensated a little bit because I was like, I didn't want my feelings and like my sadness of losing Coach Abe and literally like the whole team to like affect how I felt yeah. about the season as a whole, and so I might have overcompensated. Like, actually, no, let me put them number one, but. I mean, if you're if you're talking about going forward, like softball, I think like what you just said about them being in the right conference and them being in position to be legitimately a power in softball. And, you know, I think the investment seems to be there in, in a lot of ways. Um, I know they just got that big brand new locker room and it seemed like they were making some I mean, I think they had to, but they're making some improvements around the plex for the regional. Um yeah. I mean, you I didn't base mine on like, on like, who's going to be better down the road. Oh, no, I mean, really what it saying, is, but just no, I mean, yeah, up, I think softball like... can, you know, and women's basketball, like, obviously, yes, if Abe had stayed, the ceiling's way higher than it is right now, no doubt about it. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, I still think they can be really good under the TMS or I don't think they're going to be yeah. like next year or anything like what they were, right, but right, I think right, that right. they have the tools to build back to that and get back there in a couple of years. But I mean, yeah, just both those teams, like the, both of them, you know, both of them dominated AAC awards. Um, just because I kind of want to shout them out here because I have those. That Jada, Co- you saw the Jada Cody thing today, right? Yeah, she was uh, an All American from D one softball. It's pretty freaking um, cool as a so sophomore. Softball, yeah, that's the thing. So they have they have so many young players coming back. I know Gianna Monch is gone, uh, Camel Woodall is gone, but they've got a lot of like they've got a lot of really good players. They should be um, very good next year again. Yeah, barring like Ball Malone getting hired so, in like a week, but I don't think that's Justine. Happening. I don't think that's going to happen. Justine Molina was the AAC Defensive Player of the Year. Michaela Macario was the AAC Rookie of the Year. So obviously she'll be back. They were the coaching staff of the, the year. They had Gianna Mancha, Jada Cody, Justine Molina, Kennedy Searcy, and Denali Schapacher all on the first team. Kama Woodall, Michaela Macario, Ashley Griffin all on the second team. And then both Griffin and Macario were unanimous selections to the rookie team. So, like, if you just pick those two out right there, they're unanimous selections to the rookie team, and they're both on the second team. Obviously, like, they've got three years left. Yeah, that's crazy. And I that's... just, and honestly, like, as like that's when you're making a league change to a better league, like that's the perfect spot to be in is have a bunch of really good young players because that presumably like this generation will be like peaking as they enter the big yeah. 12. Yeah, I mean, Jada so Cody will be a senior when they're in their first season of the big 12. Yes, that and then, even you just saying that has me like, yeah. oh man, <laughs> like how cool would it be um, if they, I just, 
I know that it's unlikely, but like, I would really, really like UCF to win a big 12 title in some sport in that first season, just to get the monkey off your back of like, okay, we did it. We have a big yeah. 12 trophy somewhere. We don't have to like worry about a conference title drought or whatever, you know? Yeah. And Cause UCF, the... I believe currently they have the lead for AAC titles all time. Yes. Yes. I think so. They're, they keep trading it's with like Houston 38 or something like that. Houston. I forget. It's some sort of, I don't know if it's diving or what there's like an AAC sport that only has four teams and Houston's one of them and Houston's the best ones. They just add a title every year from that. But well, it does. It's a title. So. <laughs> Sadly, it doesn't count. Um, but yeah, so women's basketball, real quick. Uh, Diamond Battles was the AAC Player of the Year and the Defensive Player of the Year, which is just on um, both sides of her game was ridiculous. She was so freaking good. Uh, coach A was the Coach of the Year. Brittany Smith, uh, Brittany Smith was the Sixth Player of the Year, and then Masani Kaba and uh, Tay Sanders uh, were third team All AAC, which feels low. But yeah, all those players the thing are going to be so good at Georgia. Is like the fact that Jada Cody wasn't the player of the year, like I know Wichita, I forget who it was. Wichita State has a player that was just also very insane. Like it feels wrong that Jada Cody didn't get like a major award like that. And then of course the same thing kind of can be said for either of the pitchers, but um, what was her name? Georgina Cork for USF is like unbelievably like, that was, I think she won it all four years that she was at USF. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, which is crazy, but yeah. Got run ruled, but uh, I actually don't even know if she was the pitcher for that No, game. she didn't pitch that day. Yeah. She was, that was actually <laughs> so unfortunate for them because I think she was, like, sick that week or something like that. And, like, she just I was going to say, because why wouldn't she be pitching? For yeah, no, game? she wasn't able to go. And um, Man, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy, you know, that UCF won, but that's still – that But, hey, I mean, they beat her in the regular season. So, twice. Several times. Yeah, yeah it, was, so, it was more than one. So. I think it was two or three, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, really, look, we just – to wrap it up here because we got to move on to the the news real quick but when we just mentioned at the beginning at the top of it like the the number eight team on this list had some big wins and had a winning record there were no team get, of this group of eight there were no teams losing records That's and crazy. then you get to the top three and all of them had historically good seasons that are like some of the best ucs ever seen i'm old it's, enough to remember like that 2010 to 2015 stretch where everything was bad like football was the only good thing so like <laughs> Real shout out Danny White for some of these hires that are still. I mean, that's still part of his legacy that he left at UCF is that he just no. Him. Danny White was really bad he at was certain the things. God, he was the god of hiring coaches. But like, wow, he could freaking hire coaches. Like, I, I don't under. It was like a cheat code with him. I still don't understand how he pulled that off. But you know, we also don't, don't have any football teams on the schedule and didn't build anything, so that stuff hurts. But <laughs> seriously yeah. though, like your main job as an AD is hiring coaches, and he killed it at that. So he did. Thank you again, Danny. All right, um, jumping into the football news real quick. There's not a ton, but uh, UCF football general manager Ross Newton left for a high school coaching position back in Birmingham. Um, and then another change is uh, UCF SID Dan Forcella, who we both appreciated during our time there, and um, we liked him. Uh, he's left for FIU, joining Scott Carr's staff. He'll be the new senior associate AD for brand advancement there. Pretty cool. Um, so now I'm UCF now I'm will, now I'm like being stressed about if I'm going to get credentialed for football next year. So that's cool. Oh, that's yeah, I think about that. Um, <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah, UCF will miss Dan. I like Dan. Um, the rest of UCF's freshman class is now on campus, or if they're not right now, they will be. I know we saw Quan Lee was uh, in the in the practice facility. Can I just yesterday. say really quickly, like I, there are a few things I want more out of life than for Quan Lee to be good this year. I want Quan Lee to have like an a thousand yard season with like eight touchdowns. I think it would be so good for UCF Twitter and the UCF brand if he is very good immediately. Like, I think he'll be good eventually no matter what, but like, I would like him to immediate, like, I hope he comes in and just blows Kobe Hudson out of the water for that third spot. <laughs> like, or second spot. No, no, because yeah. I, I forgot that Jalen left, because Jalen Griffin is there. Yeah, I hope he just comes in and Jalen Griffin is like, I set the standard all off season just to lose out to this. <laughs> like, you know, that's that's what I'm, that's kind of what I'm rooting for. Or Jalen Griffin. Um, UCF like play. Got... It's not like all like three receivers <laughs> you can see the field. We're, uh, so yeah, UCF got a commitment from former Georgia offensive lineman Cameron Kenny earlier this week. I believe you say he was a center, right? So he's weird. He, um, he's weird. <laughs> well, it's weird. Sorry. So he was a, he, I think he was a D lineman in high school and then Georgia brought him in as an O lineman and he's played a few different spots, but I believe the assumption is he's being brought in to kind of back up Atley. Okay. Which is nice. I mean, I, as much depth as UCF can build, I'm all for it after last year. Um, I don't have this on the list, but I know this is a big recruiting weekend for UCF. They're going to have a lot of a lot of their top commits on campus, or is it all of their commits on campus with some other top? It's all but on one campus. currently, I think. Um, Cornell, so yeah, Jason B put up. 
we were talking about this before before we started recording. I don't. They haven't branded it as Bounce House Weekend this time. I don't know if that's like still coming in the future. Or if well, Gus Small's on that, set but... at the Charge On Tour. They're doing Bounce House Weekend, but I just don't Maybe, know if okay. this is Bounce House Weekend or not. I, so, it's not being branded that way. I don't think, but. I felt like that was all over social last year. It was. So maybe it isn't, but this is, feels like a huge recruiting weekend for him. Oh, it's a huge, huge, huge weekend. Yeah. Obviously the huge uh, news of the week for UCF is that they reached a na- naming rights deal for the bounce house. It will be FBC mortgage stadium as of July 1st. That's uh, a 10 year, $19.5 million deal. Obviously like that's like we talked about a little bit earlier. Just, that's just free money. You put their name up on the stadium and you get at, like signage and stuff and that's it. We should, we, we should go to Tweet of the Week. Yeah, I mean, since it, it ties in perfectly. So not that I know what your Tweet of the Week is, but you mentioned it earlier. So yeah, let's go Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Got like 40 of them. So <laughs> um, as Bailey just said, UCF Athletics announces that the Bounce House is now FBC Mortgage Stadium. They're going to get one. It's So it's, it's going to get an average to $1.95 million a year. The deal is backloaded, but still it is literal free money. And for reference, $1.95 million is equivalent to a quarter of what the AAC TV payout was for UCF last year. So um, very serious money. Um, unfortunately, most of you are idiots. And um, so while this should have been very exciting, instead we had a bunch of losers on Twitter basically just throwing a bunch of fits. So some of the replies to the UCF tweet were, I'm not even going to give out handles because you guys are just, you don't deserve it. Um, stupid name, FBC Mortgage Bounce House is much better. What the hell is that about? A bunch of people like it should have been the FBC Mortgage Bounce House. Someone even tweeted that UCF should have agreed to accept less money to make that the case. It's like, tell me more about how you have no idea what your priority should be or what UCF's priority also, should be. Also, so this might go into further what you're, you're going to read out here, but the annoying thing is like, oh, I'm still going to call it the Bounce House. I feel like it's like defiantly like going to be the thing. It's like, cool. That's what everyone's going to call it anyway. It's not a defiant thing. It's just that's what the nickname of the stadium is. Other replies are, what a lame name. Another reply was, this name sucks. And someone said, that's a weird name, but it's the Bounce House. And there were a bunch of replies like that that were like, well, I'm still calling it the Bounce House. Hey, hey, UCF fans, do you know when UCF started, when UCF fans started calling the steam the Bounce House? When it was called Bright House Network Stadium. And when it was then called Spectrum Stadium, it was never called the Bounce House when we came up with that name. And now you're like, what are we going to do? How are we like, oh my God, I can't believe you said it's a nickname. And that's what you're also going to call it. You're going to turn on ESPN for every freak Louisville game Friday night. They're going to turn on saying, welcome to FBC Morgan stadium known as the bounce house. Who cares? It's $2 million a year. Like what is wrong with you that UCF announces this awesome deal where they're going to get free money. That's going to help them finance your goddamn lazy river and your freaking new seats in the stadium and the Galaxy Club, whatever the hell that is, and all you guys can do is be upset that it's not officially called the Bounce House. There was never even signage on the stadium for the Bounce House. Like, it was it was just a nickname, and it can still be the nickname. And you, you guys, like, you have to work with me. You don't have to be this dumb. You really don't. You can be better than this. It was just like, I honestly didn't even see this one coming. Oh, and then on top of that, the group of you who are legitimately upset that it's not SpaceX Stadium and thought that was wondering like if you were a get there. thing. Like, I don't even know what to say to you guys. I really don't. So just, I just like, what are we doing? We're like every single time, like this isn't even like a misunderstanding thing or the like, whatever, like some of the stuff I get mad at you guys for. This is a really, really good thing happened for UCF and you're just mad about it. And that's so dumb. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well said. I'm done. My question, and this is like different, but like, is there a reason that there's no like back panel of the scoreboard? Like, can we get that done now or no? Well, they're going to build a concourse there. So, you know. How's it going to work? I'm confused. Because they're yeah. going to build those, Um, they're going to build the additional student seating. And right. they're going to build a con. It said in their plans that they just got approved that they're going to build a concourse with restrooms and concessions like behind the scoreboard. I don't know how it's going to work. So, so then you're not even going to be able to see the back of the scoreboard from like the road? Probably not. Because there's okay. Be, like, well, then never there. mind. I'm stupid. Also, was that really a thing that you felt we should put money towards? Is like covering the back of the scoreboard? Well, I'm wondering like how much money does that cost? M- but it's just like who cares? That's money you could put towards. Honestly, probably more than you think. Because apparently, it, was, it, it, co- it, it costs almost five million dollars to relocate a practice field, which I still don't understand because it's grass and a fence. I don't. I just was thinking like it's one of those things, where, like aesthetically for the bounce house to make it look better. Look at the outside. It, it would help the outside. I don't know. I look every time I drive by it. I'm like, that looks weird. I've never once thought about that. I don't I consider think myself alone. a fairly aesthetic person. And I've I don't think I'm alone. Well, well, hey, if you're listening to the podcast, let us know if you think UCF should put valuable resources towards like putting a cover over the back of the scoreboard. Yeah, it's good. It's, it's not just like a blank cover. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like have the name of the stadium and then have like a UCF. I'll send you pictures. I'll do it. Okay. I don't care. 
Again, it um, apparently costs $5 million to relocate a practice field. So it probably costs a lot more money than you think. Yeah. Um, so I don't have, obviously, we, we skipped over game of the week because there's not any games. There is no game of the week. It's over. Sad. We can do it next week. Like, should we just start naming like non-UCF games? That's game of the I week. I thought about that. Like just random um, games. We could do we could do it next week because I think uh track has some some track and field has some athletes at nationals, but that's not till so we'll have like next what, weekend. Meet of the so, week. Is that what that is? Yeah, like I don't know, event of the week. We'll throw it in there. I hate <laughs> that we're the part of the year where UCF sports are just pretty much done. It's, it's bad. I um, hate June. It's the worst month. It's not. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I disagree. Name a worst month. You can't. I don't think I can. June is the worst month. This is the case every year. I'm not a huge fan of February. Um, no, February is February is fine because February it's we okay. Have I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah, and we have a and like you think I'm like making this about football. I li- like the months I like are entirely based on whether it's Christmas and whether it's football season, and that's it. So that's fair enough. June sucks. Um, also in February, yeah. at least the weather's nice. Yeah, sure. Um, all right, we're gonna get out of here because this went a little bit long, but. It was a fun one. I always enjoy talking more than just UCF football, but we'll get back to UCF football next week for all of you who hated this or maybe tuned out <laughs> forever ago. You probably tuned out like for those of you who aren't listening. Don't worry. Next week, in. we'll be back to what you like. Um, but yeah, we will be back next week with episode 77 getting into the thick of June. Uh, but until then, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams 22 at by CA Simmons and at night sports. Now, once again, thank you guys so much for being with us and we'll talk to you next week. Bye everybody.